the millennial generation has had many of its dreams deferred. Dreams of moving out of mom and dad's place, of scaling the career ladder and of the paychecks that come with it, and of being able to afford a wedding and a home. Millennials are reaching those milestones years later than prior generations, if they reach them at all. And now this generation may have to defer one more dream, parenthood and growing their families. We desperately want another baby. Mm-hmm. We had kind of had our sights set on three, but, you know, every step of the way is just kind of taking the wind out of our sails. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, June 30th. Coming up on the show, how the pandemic may be upending yet another major milestone for millennials. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. Millennials, people between the ages of 24 and 39, are the country's biggest age demographic. And their financial lives have been defined largely by the last recession in 2008. So the financial crisis has had a long-lasting impact on the financial situation of millennials. And that has meant less wealth, lower salaries, and more debt compared to the generations that have come before them. Our colleague Allison Poli is a reporter for The Wall Street Journal's new digital magazine, Noted. And she says economists have found that entering the workforce during a downturn leads to lower earnings for life. And already, millennials make less than Gen Xers did at their age. Millennial women make an average of 12% less. For men, the gap is wider, 18%. And those lower earnings have millennials pushing off a lot of life milestones. So when it comes to homeownership, the rates for young people are near the lowest levels in about three decades that these records have been kept. They're getting married later on, and that means that they're starting to have kids later. So many millennials have delayed parenthood that the total number of births in the U.S. last year fell to a 35-year low. Allison's been reporting on how the pandemic might influence that trend. One couple she spoke to were Katie and Brent McDonald in Columbia, Missouri. Hi. Hi, how are you? Sorry, I was having trouble with the password. Katie and Brent have been together for more than 15 years. When the 2008 financial crisis hit, they were just getting started with their careers. When I graduated college in 09, I actually did end up moving back in with my parents. I was making, I think my first job was 21000 I kind of moved out and then back in, kind of back and forth a little bit. Eventually, Katie and Brent moved in together. But as Katie pursued a master's in social work, her debt load became a drag. By the time she finished her degree, she had $40,000 in student loans. Allison says that's not unusual for millennials. 
So in 2004, this is when the oldest millennials graduated college. And at that time, Americans owed about $260 billion in student loans, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. But now Americans carry about $1.5 trillion in student loan debt. So the numbers have gone up substantially. Katie's debt was one reason why she and Brent put off having kids to give themselves time to get in better financial shape. I mean, we were living on about $900 a month trying to get that debt paid off because I did not want to take that into parenthood with me. I wanted to have a pretty solid emergency fund in place. Like if something really bad were to happen, if one of us were to lose our job or we had like any kind of emergency that we would be able to handle that without sinking. But getting to that kind of stability took a while. I mean... We did nothing except pay off debt. We lived in an apartment that was, I think, $300 a month uh-huh. in a really bad area and had one car. Mm-hmm. We ate a lot of pasta. <laughs> and we would have one meal a day just to like cut grocery costs down. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that for two years and paid off everything. By early 2015, Katie and Brent were ready to take the leap and start trying to have a baby. I think it was actually Memorial Day weekend because I remember going to a barbecue and being like, I can't have beer. And then we miscarried that pregnancy in mid-July. I think I was like nine weeks or something like that when we discovered it at the first ultrasound scan and had a missed miscarriage. So we went in and they said there was no heartbeat. It was rough. Several months later, Katie did get pregnant, and their son Augie was born in 2016. And when they were ready to try for their second baby, again, it was a real struggle. Katie had another miscarriage, this time in her second trimester, after they'd already given the baby a name. It was after she recovered that they decided to try IVF, or in vitro fertilization. IVF is a big commitment in time and money. What was the ballpark of kind of what they quoted? $20,000 for just... Katie and Brent's quote of $20,000 covered doctors harvesting her eggs, fertilizing them so they become embryos, and transferring some of those embryos into her womb. If you don't get pregnant with your first transfer, you pay additionally for additional transfers. So if you needed three transfers, it would be $20,000 plus, like, 3000 plus 3000 you know, something like that. The price tag was hefty, but Katie and Brent felt like they were finally in a place where they could afford it. Then, the pandemic happened, upending the economy and all of Katie and Brent's carefully laid plans. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Volvo Cars. Distractions happen, but there are things that can help you stay focused, like the fully electric seven-seater Volvo EX90. 
It was made to help keep you and those around you on the road safe with LiDAR technology that can see what you sometimes can't and a two-camera driver understanding system designed to prevent distractions and help you stay focused. Visit volvocars.com US to learn more. Welcome back. Earlier this year, Katie was about to start her first IVF cycle. I went into the financial consultation, got my quote, got a timeline, and then the next day got a call saying, hey, never mind, we're not starting new cycles. It's shut it down. Yeah. So how did it feel when you got the phone call saying, never mind? Not a huge surprise because... Katie's a social worker inside a hospital. So the IVF clinic shutting down made sense to her. Plus, as more coronavirus cases emerged in the U.S., she started having her own second thoughts about getting pregnant. Pregnancy is a naturally immunosuppressed state. So, like, what does that put me at risk for, you know? What if I get really sick and then I can't take care of my son and then we lose another one? Or if I die, you know, like, what what would happen there? On top of the health concerns, Katie and Brent soon had something else to worry about. I am a copier repair technician by trade. So Normally. Normally. So it's real helpful right now. Brent's job depends on people being in an office. With the pandemic, that wasn't happening. And in April, Brent learned he was furloughed. He was going to be without work indefinitely. With the family down to one income, Katie and Brent were forced to do something they hadn't done since the last financial crisis. We are eating literally beans and rice and pasta. We have cut our budget down to the absolute bare bones. We are not taking extra trips out anywhere. We're not driving except to and from work. Our daycare provider has been absolutely gracious enough to give us a break a couple of months on the tuition. We've completely cut out really anything that's considered extra. With all of this belt tightening, $20,000 for fertility treatment was now really hard for Katie and Brent to justify. And so how are you both feeling kind of going forward? It's a great debate. Yeah. Mm. It's hard to know when we'll feel safe going forward. There's a lot of factors that go into making the decision to continue. Not the decision to have another baby necessarily, because we already broke the seal on that. We've got one. What's hard is what's the right thing for our family? You know, we have this family we want to grow, but we have a family that is here that we have to take care of and keep secure and healthy. And letting go of that $20,000 for a... Maybe. For a maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. It's more than vanity, but it's not the same as someone who's already here. Letting go of that $20,000 seems insane, irresponsible. Allison says there's evidence that a lot of people are thinking along the same lines. 
The experts who I spoke to say the economic fallout from the pandemic will even further depress the birth rate. So the Guttmacher Institute surveyed women about their plans for growing their families. And 45% of the women surveyed who are between the ages of 18 and 34 said they are thinking about delaying having children. And all of this means that families are planning to have children later on, which likely means they'll have fewer children. Why does it matter if these people are delaying expanding their families and having children? For some who are older, it might mean, and this would be the most dramatic scenario, it might mean that they miss the window to have a biological child where they just weren't able to conceive Naturally, they were on the older end of the spectrum. They might not be able to have their first or another biological child. But it also matters because as they get older, there are higher risks with their pregnancies. They might have to consider that as they're getting pregnant. You know, even if they're in their mid-30s now, if they don't start trying until they're 35 or 36, that's a factor for them. For some millennials the dream of raising a family can't be deferred much longer. As for Katie and Brent, they're back to asking some of the same hard questions they asked after the last financial crisis, trying to figure out when they'll feel secure enough to try again. Will you get your job back? And when and how? And will that make us feel secure? Or are we going to be always worried? When will I feel safe? physically, morally, and financially. It's kind of a huge debate. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, let's go. And sometimes I'm like, no, you know. So, I don't know. We talk about it a lot. For now, Katie and Brent are choosing to wait. That's all for today. Tuesday, June 30th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. For more stories like this, check out WSJ Noted, a brand new news and culture magazine for readers under 35. You can find it at wsj.com slash noted. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.